big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello, welcome to the Aware Parenting Podcast. I'm Lael Stone and I'm flying solo today. My beautiful co-host Marion uh, is taking a break this week and I have another wonderful guest with me. I have my beautiful son Kai and this podcast, Growing Up With Aware Parenting, was one that many uh, people have asked for us to do, which is to understand the perspective from a child who has been raised with aware parenting who is now an adult and their take on the world and their upbringing. So my beautiful son has agreed to come and uh, answer some questions and share his experience. And and this is pretty beautiful actually because – on this podcast, my other daughter's been on it. I've interviewed my husband. I've interviewed my my mum. I've got the whole family going. I've got another family member to go. Um, so welcome, my darling boy. Welcome. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to have you here. Uh, so maybe, Kai, do you want to start by talking about just who you are and what do you do at the moment? Where are you in the world? Yeah, so I'm, um, I'm 22. I'm currently working at a Woodline a Primary, so... I'm one of the assistant guides there. So mainly my role is just to um, help kids move their body and um, sort of get out of the, the class when they can't um, fully concentrate. So dealing with lots of uh, emotions and, and feelings and and movement as well. Um, I also have recently done a lot of uh, disability support work. I used to do it full time, but now it's just a, a couple of clients. Um and yeah, other than that, I'm I'm big into rock climbing, so sort of constantly out in the bush, and um, yeah, nature is definitely my my safe place. So that's where I usually find myself. Yeah, beautiful. That's giving me heart attacks when you show me the photos and videos of where you've been climbing and what you've been doing. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you've always been amazing at trusting your body and and being in tune with your body, and it's really amazing to see you do it as an adult. Now, it definitely is one of your loves, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm currently not severely, but reasonably injured. Um, so not doing as much climbing at the moment. But yeah, whenever I can, I'm um, I'm always out there and, and always thinking about it. Mm, I love that. I love it's your happy place. Uh, which I have done a social post on this before, which might, for any of you who aren't big into camping and stuff, we never actually took our kids camping, did we, Kai? And yet you find yourself in nature and that's your love. So I think, you know, whatever you love, you'll find a way to do it. So, my darling, um, I've got some questions here I want to ask you and then I asked some of our listeners to send in questions. So we're gonna, I'm going to ask you some of those. Uh, my first question is really, we haven't used punishments and rewards for you growing up. Um, how was this experience for you? Like when you made a mistake or, you know, you pushed some limits and stuff like that, what was that experience like for you? Um, yeah, it was often um, met with open arms a lot of the time, um, unless it was something untoward, mum or dad directly. Um generally any mistake or, or mishap I would have growing up would always be met with um yeah, with more listening than than telling me what to do. Um, so, yeah, I found that to be um, really powerful because I actually went away from those conversations um, with an idea of what to do next um, rather than feeling ashamed or, or bad for myself. 
Um, so yeah, my experience was mostly positive. Um, even though it sort of felt scary at the time, if I'd made a mistake or done something wrong, it was often, yeah, met with, um, yeah, with, an, yeah, open arms and, and open ears. Did you feel like if you, you messed up or you did something wrong, did you always feel like we were a safe place to come? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, a lot of the time more into teens and adulthood now, I, I sort of feel like I hold a safe space for myself emotionally and, and, uh, through making mistakes or, or decisions. Um, but yeah, growing up, absolutely. Um, you guys were my safe place. Mm, that's beautiful to hear. Cause one of the big concerns that, um, parents often ask, and I, and I felt like this too, when we first started doing aware parenting, when you guys were little is I didn't know anyone who'd done this with their kids, who'd listened to their feelings and didn't use punishments and rewards. And I even remember dad one day saying to me, like in the middle of maybe Tali having a big meltdown or something, like, is this going to work? Like what we're doing. And I remember saying to him, I don't know, but it feels like the right thing to do. You know, when I was a kid, I just wanted my feelings listened to and I didn't want to be judged and stuff like that. So I, I guess I felt like I knew it was the right thing to do. And I, I know a lot of parents who come to where parenting often question, but if you don't punish your kids, you know, how are you going to teach them, right? And so we've never grounded you. We've never punished you. If ever anything's gone wrong, we've always just opened up a conversation around it and have really always asked, well, what's going on for you? Like has that helped you just be a lot more compassionate to yourself when you mess up or how does that, how has that impacted you? Yeah, I mean, from uh, mum and dad's perspectives, I've sort of received different things from them. A lot of the time when I've run into an issue or made a mistake, uh, dad would match with a very methodical what to do next. This is why it might have happened, what to do. Um, whereas you've always been, um, yeah, very welcoming and and more the listener, I'd say. Mm. Whereas dad would tend to come in with the the punchline of what to do next but um yeah it's it's felt um very natural in that sense um I don't have anything to compare it to I haven't been punished in other senses sort of at school and I mean through authority and I've never liked that um I suppose more so because I've um seen the light <laughs> through you guys but yeah so what have you witnessed with your friends over the years and, and their relationship with their parents? I mean, knowing that I guess we've always tried to really support who you are and never shamed you or anything like that. What have you witnessed just in growing up with some friends and, and or other kids? Yeah, I look, I, I sort of left out um, prior to the rock climbing. I was really, really big into soccer, um, pretty well fully consumed my life growing up um, and I loved it and I still do, but yeah, just in a different light. Um, and through that, I was exposed to a lot of uh, soccer dads, for better namesake. Um, and, yeah, that was, I think, my uh, largest takeaway from seeing other parents and, and kids interact. And a lot of it was, yeah, pretty brutal. Um, very much do this, don't do that. Um, whereas I was not exposed to that in any way other than through seeing it with yeah, uh, football teammates and sometimes at school as well. But, yeah, very, very much um, a shock to to see, uh, I suppose, humans communicate in, in that sort of a way when um, all you got to do is talk and listen. Um, 
and yeah that's what I've I've been exposed to and that's why I'm able to um, hold that position and, and see that happen um, whereas yeah I can clearly see that that's not what I want and that's not how I want to treat people and equally don't want to be treated that way either yeah it's beautiful and I think sometimes that's a bit of a shock isn't it I know when you guys were at school, particularly like in secondary school and if teachers were yelling or there was that whole authoritarian bent, I remember you guys saying how jarring that was for you because that's never really how we did it at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so as humans we all have stories and, you know, Dad and I have our own patterns and imprints playing out like how does that sit for you like are you you know we've got all our nobody's perfect right we've got all our own stuff as well what's your take or your view on that yeah I mean in sort of recent years I've been uh, exploring more to do with meditation and um, mindfulness and through that I've sort of come to realize the I suppose uh, baggage that I've taken on from um, you guys um, as well as the the baggage that I've created for myself. But um, I tend to try and take the perspective of stepping back and, and sort of just seeing myself um, experiencing that feeling or, or that trauma or whatever it be. Um, and yeah, able to sort of step back and, and just see it for what it is and not actually sit with it, but it, admit it's there and then let it go. Mm. Because I think it's one of the biggest things with parents I work with and what Marion does as well is all our own stories and, you know, baggage, as you're saying, that we carry can often be projected onto our kids. And then, um, you know, we then come become adults and then have to undo or, or go, I'm not responsible for that. And I think that's what I'm curious about is do you feel responsible for our stuff or can you see that what's dad's is dad's and what's yeah, mine yeah, is mine? Yeah, that's your stuff. Um I can definitely tell the, the difference between my stuff and, and yours because it's reasonably vastly different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I definitely don't identify with it, I wouldn't say. But, I mean, I've, I've grown up with kids who I can sort of see straight through and and just see their, their mum or the, their dad in them and can see that that really defines them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a pretty scary thing to be fully consumed by it. But I suppose when it's so severe and so forced and, and on you, um, sometimes the easiest thing to do is just to to be with it rather than, you know, break away and, and do your own thing. Mm, I think it is really tricky, isn't it, if sometimes it's hard for kids to know or be who they are when there is a lot of pressure and stuff like that. And I think that's the thing Dad and I have always wanted is for you to be free, to be who you need to be. Like, And do you feel any pressure to be anybody but yourself? No, not at all. Um yeah, my whole life I've more or less just done what I want and, and things the <laughs> okay, way I let's want. Okay, just, let's just phrase it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, it's not like you've just run. No, not at you all. It, But you mean be who you want to be. Correct, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, just authentic. saying that so everybody's not thinking that it's just like free reign. Sorry, buddy. Go. No, no, that's right. But, yeah, more just true to myself in that I don't necessarily try and fit the mould or or be what other people maybe want me to be, um, including through schooling. I was not at all really rebellious I was ne- never had a detention or anything but I was very much yeah didn't sit with teachers telling me what to do and how to do it I am um, I have my own way of doing things and and see the world in a particular way and and generally try and stay true to that rather than yeah change who I am for, for other people 
other places. And what I admire, I think, so much about you is that that is such part of your spirit and you don't force that upon anyone else. Like I never see you go, you should do it this way or that's how it should be. Like I always see that you are really content to just go along and do what you need to do for you. It's something I admire about you the most. Like I didn't get to understanding or being that until I was much, much older. And I I absolutely so love that about you, that you are so in tune and aligned with who you want to be in the world. It's mm. an amazing quality. Yeah. Um, so you've been in a relationship for four years now mm-hmm. with beautiful M. We love her so much. Um, and we were just talking the other day about, you know, disagreements or anger and that kind of stuff. And you shared some beautiful insights with me around, you know, whether if M gets upset or angry or, or friends or anybody, like how that lands for you. Do you want to share a little bit more around that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm generally not really someone for conflict. Um, don't respond well to it. I don't sometimes respond at all because I, I struggle to match it in any way. I am, um, I tend to see anger and frustration for what it is and, and especially knowing my girlfriend M so well and, and a lot of my closer friends, I, I can see exactly what's going on for them in that there might've been something that, that led to those feelings or, you know, something someone else did to them. And generally my brain goes straight to how can I, be there for this person and help them get through it to to move move on um and let it go uh whereas i've had equally experiences with um the other side of it in some friends who haven't understood that and um have have grown away from me because i i just i can't be around them because they don't ever come back to to earth it's just stuck in the pain or the, the frustration. Yeah. So meaning like they won't own their feelings or what's yeah. behind it. Yeah, they can't see it. Um, yeah. And that's hard to be in relationship with people with like mm, that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was going to ask you about, you know, do you get angry? I mean, mm. I have to say you're my beautiful son. I've known you mm. for a very long time. I rarely see you angry because I think that's not who you are yeah. as a person anyway. Yeah. But I see that, you know, when we talk about in the podcast, when often there is anger, there's usually feelings behind it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I feel like you just move to the feelings. You yeah, don't I need to feel... go to the anger. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah. I like not trying to praise myself in any way, but have a pretty strong connection to my body and, and suppose my, my feelings um, through movement and through just listening inwards rather than, than outwards. Um yeah sort of tying into the meditation and so forth but if there are you know feelings of frustration or or something not going my way i i'm able to identify that as as what it is rather than letting it consume me Mm. Um, and for that reason i feel like that translates outwards as well in that when something goes wrong i will process it straight away and let it go rather than letting anything build up and and eventually explode Mm. Um, but you could speak to em as well like mm. never scream never mm. never try to start an argument mm. um, very mm. much always just talk yeah. and feel and listen and i love i guess in our relationship that when something is really bothering you you will often come to us and say can i talk or mm. i'm feeling like this or i feel like that and i hope you don't remember me saying it like you are very open with crying if you need mm. to or just feeling what you feel yeah yeah. And I mean, that's, I know a lot of people struggle with that. And mm. it's a really beautiful thing to see that you're in touch with yourself to go, this is how I'm feeling. And this is yeah. where I'm I'm at. And mm. I love that you're able to feel it and then let it go yeah. to move it. Yeah. And the- same with, yeah, all my relationships, friendships and, and intimate, 
uh same thing goes uh tears are absolutely welcome and and safe with me so I like to think that I hold that space for M and and a lot of my other closer friends I've dealt with tears over the phone and tears in person and and those Mm -hmm. sorts of things and um yeah I like to think that I'm yeah somewhat safe for those people in those um in those times when they maybe don't have someone else to go to or don't feel comfortable to talk to their parents about it um a lot of the time I'm yeah sort of that shoulder um to cry on for a lot of my friends it's really beautiful it's really beautiful to witness darling um when you're working with children which Mm -hmm. you do and you've worked with um you know disability support work or you're working at Woodline um how is it for you when they're upset or they're angry I mean you told me a beautiful story the other day about one of the kids at school who was frustrated and angry and then just moved into tears and you just held space for her like what does it feel like for you when you see kids angry and upset what goes on for you yeah um I sort of go into yeah the the mode I was mentioning before in that I just want to create a a safe space for them to feel what they need um because it can become really apparent especially through schooling and I'm prior to disability support work I did a lot of coaching at schools full-time and would go and manage huge groups of kids and it becomes really apparent who is allowed to to let those things out and who isn't um at home um and especially with uh yeah the current kids at Woodline being that it's based more around emotional learning and and I'm allowed to as a, a guide or a teacher to implement those things um I can really see the um, positive outcome on the other side in that when the kids are feeling that way, I'm allowed to take them out of the class and I'm allowed to be one-on-one and to talk and listen. And, you know, sometimes it it ends in big hugs and whatever with some of the kids. And, you know, that just makes it so clear to me that they need that. Maybe not that they're missing it, but that they don't get enough of it. So, yeah, really um, fulfilling to be able to... um, yeah, offer that at Woodline for the kids. It's beautiful. Should be everywhere, hey? Every yeah, school. That's it, that's it. Yeah. Um, okay. What is your ideal of a healthy, successful human? Like who do you aspire to be in the world? Mm. Um, who I see is a healthy, I, I mean, success is uh, subjective. Mm. A lot of people put success next to money. Um, I don't really. I'm more about, uh, yeah, fulfillment and, um, and balance. Uh, so someone who's really emotionally mature and, um, I, I want to say like awake as well, not in the sense of being, you know, quotation woke in any sense, but awake in that they are in touch with their body and their emotions and in the inside rather than just being absorbed in the outside world. Um, and I feel like that's, becoming rarer to come by because it is so easy to be trapped in the, the Western society and a mentality of money meaning success. And yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's not how I see it. Yeah. Beautiful. So is there anything that you wish looked different growing up in our family? Mm, it's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Um, everything felt really good for me. Maybe, uh, more rocks and climbing sooner <laughs> rather than I don't know 
other than that, yeah, it was. I remember yeah. asking you a question like many years ago. I reckon you were about ten or eleven, and um, I think we, I was asking all you guys like, is there anything you're not happy with at home, and what do you look, wish look different? And you just sat for a second, then turned to me and went. I wish the internet was faster. <laughs> that <funny>. was it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was about it. And I was like, okay, it's easy place. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Well, that's a really nice place to be in. And, and you know, like, I again, I really want to say there's no perfect in parenting. You know, there is no doubt you still have stories. You mm. have stuff that you're, whether that's the imprints we've put on you or you're carrying. But I guess, you know, the whole thing of where parenting is so much is that we equip our children with the tools and the insight to know how to feel heavy stuff, how to process it, how to ask for support, all that kind of stuff. That's the goal, right? The goal is not to be you never have any stories or yeah. any baggage. It's being able to be able to lean into it and work with it. Mm-hmm. Would, would you agree? Absolutely. And I think through receiving that, yeah, that space and treatment, um, it equipped me now as an adult with those tools because that's how I was treated and now how I, I see the world and want to treat others. And that is what's yeah led to me being able to do those things for my, my partner and, and for my friends as well. So beautiful, darling. Okay, here's some questions from some others. We got a lot of questions, cool. so I'm not going to answer. We're not going to ask all of them because there's a lot, <laughs> but I'll, I've picked just a few that kind of are similar. Okay, so one of the questions was, would you raise your own children the same way? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only uh, adjustment with where my mental's at is more nature. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I didn't we grow up camping. <laughs> I didn't grow up doing that as much and, and found that passion later in life, but uh, it's it's so strong for me. So um, absolutely everything that, that you embody bar the, the nature side, I, I just want to be yeah, <laughs> out, out in the bush somewhere with my I kids. Have, I have such a vision of you with like a backpack on with a baby in the back and you went <laughs> hiking. I can just so see that. I yeah. love that. Sorry, we didn't give you That's much okay. nature, mate. <laughs> All right, I'll take that one. Okay, um, here's another question. Every teenage story I hear talks about teens pushing boundaries and feeling angry with their parents. Did you ever feel angry with your parents or misunderstood? Uh, I would say that I felt uh, misunderstood when I was at the, the peak of a, a feeling. Um, it would often be from one place to home, not uh, come up at home. So it would be something I brought home from school that I didn't understand that I was experiencing for the first time or um, something that came from from soccer, equally of how I was treated by a teammate or something like that. But uh, in general, um, yeah, not really as much. Uh, It was more through new things and the unknown and not knowing how to process it, but then bringing it home and and being able to unpack it rather than, yeah, throw it at you. Yeah, because, uh, like, I don't really have any memories of you ever, like, slamming the door or telling us to F off or mm. getting angry. Like, I think you were pretty good at moving quickly to what the feelings were and then we processed them and it always felt really respectful. Would would you say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. I think respect ties into the way I was brought up as well. Um, I think a lot, not a lot more, but through dad as well, a lot of, like, respect others respect yourself uh and yeah I've definitely carried that through as a really big thing that was ingrained in my head of not necessarily seeing people for their actions and what who they are in the moment but being able to see them as a whole and 
especially with closer friends, I can see so much more in depth um, what's going on for them um, rather than just seeing them for, for how they're acting or feeling in that moment. Mm. It's a beautiful skill to have, buddy, because it mm. means then we don't move into judgment, right? Yeah, and it means a... we're able to look behind and go, I wonder what's sitting there. It's, it's it. yeah, yeah, really powerful. Um, okay. Um, there was a question here about being grounded or punished, you know, did you wish you had had that? Yeah. No. <laughs> Do you wish you had been grounded? Buddy? Not at all. Do you wish all. we had punished you? No. Do you think well, that would have helped you at all? Not at all. Well, <laughs> here's the thing with that is that the say, the fact that I wasn't grounded and wasn't punished uh, led me to build that respect and build, you know, those other things around me that led to me then treating you guys better because um, there was an open channel of respect. It wasn't mm -hmm. me just respecting you guys, not getting it back. Um, and I think that's what allowed it to yeah, mature in that sense. And mm -hmm. I think I've definitely matured at a younger age as well mm -hmm. in being able to yeah, see that with other people. Because I remember, I don't know if you remember, like there were a few, there were time, was a time once you lied about where you were and then we found out where mm -hmm. you were. And, and I remember the conversation because I, we sat down and I said to you, like, I feel like I've let you down. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this conversation? It was with yeah, your mate yeah. and you said you were going okay. to someone's house yeah. and then you went to visit some girls. Do you remember? You must have been like 14 or oh, 15 yeah. or but something. Yes. Sure. Anyway, I think the thing was, is that I, I remember saying, I, this is on me. Like you've lied mm. to me because somewhere we haven't made it safe enough for you mm. to tell us the truth. Mm. Do you remember any of that? Yeah, I feel like I remember that part. And then yeah. um, and then we talked about, well, what's important for me or for Dad and I was that we know who, where you are and you were like, yeah, I also want some more privacy. Or like you wanted just a bit more freedom and, and we just negotiated it. And we had this amazing conversation around how do we all get our needs met here and how can we keep that respect and connection going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I think that probably arose because it was quite a turning point at that sort of age heading more into yeah the proper teen uh, teenage years and, mm -hmm. and puberty as well mm -hmm. and wanting to take the next step yeah um, and I think because it was a bit of a crossroads that is probably yeah why it, it came up that way yeah because there's been some good times hasn't there like even the time where you got <laughs> the police knocked on the door yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> That was a that yeah. was a that was a fun experience. That's maybe for another podcast. But that yeah. literally even that experience, remember I remember you coming home and and we all just talking about it and we yeah. went, Well, what's happened and how do we repair it? And it was just a stupid thing to do, which yeah. is what teenagers do. And it was to do with climbing. Correct. So, you know, yeah, it so. was probably I should have seen the writing on the wall yeah. <laughs> of what yeah. you were doing. But even that, which I think is some parents' worst nightmare of, you know, you're in trouble and whatever, like we just we just worked through it, right? Because we went the why and and what do we need to do and how mm. do we need to be accountable? And I don't know, I think it was really important for Dad and I that you knew no matter what went down, we were always the safe place to come. Like yeah, that's it. no matter what we mm. were, we were in your corner. Did yeah. you feel that? I did. And equally, I mean, the other side of the actual event of what happened, <laughs> um, I absolutely like listened into in that now looking back, that was just me wanting to climb and to mm. to get out and adventure and see things I hadn't seen. Hmm. And yeah, with foresight now, it definitely <laughs> led me to, yeah, wanting to climb big mountains and, and those so things. So if you're wondering what happened, he basically jumped into a construction site and climbed a crane yeah. <laughs> at night, which is illegal. And uh, and you got picked up on the CCTV and the police came and they were really lovely yeah, about it. And really, literally, it was just you going, I just wanted to climb something. That's it, yeah. 
which, you know, is kind of funny now when we look back and talk about it, mm-hmm. isn't it? We've all got those stories from when we're teenagers where we do stupid stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, and but even that, it was everything was manageable, right? Yeah. Everything was manageable. So I want you to listen to this, people. Please know that, you know, it, all my kids have done stupid stuff and messed up because it's what you do, right? It's part of pushing your edges and boundaries. And, mate, if there was an edge to push, you were going to find it because you love pushing edges, right? Yeah. You love seeing what is possible with what you do. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was a funny time. Yeah. And there's no real learning, in my opinion, without making mistakes because you don't know, you don't know any difference. It's it's relevant to your situation. So through, yeah, not that I made any bigger mistakes than running in with police or anything. Um, and even that felt quite harmless because um, I didn't mean to cause anyone harm or any hurt. Uh, but without doing that, maybe I wouldn't have been led to the climbing as much, you know, and and through other mistakes, through friendships and, and what have you, it's it's taught me who I do want to be around and, and how I want to be treated and, and treat. Mm, that's beautiful. So how was it, this is another question, how was it dealing with authoritarian adults or teachers? Were you able to feel kind of centred or safe in yourself? Like, again, growing up in a family where we didn't really yell or yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. How was that when you are at school or around that? Yeah, I didn't feel safe at all. Um I don't respond that well to like strict authority anyway. Um, I do respect, you know, elder people and, and so forth. But if it's approached in the right way, I don't like being yelled at or like told I've done something wrong. And so, yeah, through schooling, didn't really like many teachers other than the ones who were real and could actually hold a conversation with me and not have some power trip over me. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, yeah, even in the workplace, early on I had a, a more or less serious full-time job at a big sports company and there's just, yeah, through through the workplace and through, through schooling, so much competition and ego around who's in control and who's got power and who doesn't. And even being a young person in a professional workplace, even though I was equal to my, you know, my next co-worker, they felt like they had something over me. Just because you were younger? Yeah, because you? I was younger younger, and I never, um, not that I didn't respect them, but I didn't want any bit of them because mm-hmm. they weren't, yeah, seeing me for who I actually was and mm-hmm. and didn't value me for, for what I actually did for the company. Mm. I remember you saying to me once when I was asking you about working with kids um, who you know, perhaps had disabilities or stuff like that. And I said to you something like, you know, how is it with working with them or how, mm. how do you approach it? And I think you said something to me like, I just see who they really are. Yeah. And I remember just being like, oh, that's it, right? Yeah. That's with Absolutely. all humans, you just see who they are. And I, I see that is a really strong value in you that you want to be treated as a human, no matter your age or what yeah. you're doing, and that's yeah. how you treat others as well. That's, that's right. And all my clients, like I've had, I don't know, 20, 30 clients in the last few years, um, all generally young boys, 8 to 18 with, yeah, on the spectrum in some, some sense. And a lot of the time it's so clear how mistreated they are because all they're longing for is to be treated as if they were normal. And a lot of the time not only socially but in their household they weren't treated as normal by their parents and mm-hmm. it's really difficult for me to see that at times and not be able to step in and be like oh actually it's it's okay for him to cry you don't keep telling him stop crying mm-hmm. you know that's there's a reason he's he's doing it and 
yeah, I, I found that my connections with a lot of my clients um, who were on the spectrum were so much stronger for the reason that I treated them as equal. Whereas some of their other support workers, or like I said, family or friends would treat them as lesser. And, and for that reason, they developed, yeah, different coping mechanisms mm. and, and tended to shut down. Whereas, yeah, like I said, prior to working with the kids at Woodline, it's it's super fulfilling to be able to see that you're able to hold a space for the kids to open up and actually be themselves around you and, and laugh and, and sometimes cry. Um, whereas a lot of the time, early sessions where I've only seen, you know, met the client once or twice, it's so apparent all the things that they've developed to, to cope in this world because uh, they haven't, you know, been dealt the cards that maybe yeah similar age kids have mm, yeah it's a it's such a gift you can give another human right to say i just see you and be who you need to be and all of you's well all of you is welcome like it's i think that's what we all crave right that's what we all want um okay my next question this is a, this is a juicy one what are the expectations to be a man in society today wow uh that's a very good question yeah, my my views of what that would be would be well different to what Western society says you should be uh, in that, you know, you should hold a powerful job or you should, you know, have power in, in some sense in being successful in what you do, um, which I think is definitely important doing what you love and being, you know, good at that. But I, I don't see it as being someone who has a giant house and, and has all this money and all these material items. I see it as someone who has loving people around them and gives love to the people around them and is able to, uh, yeah, look inside, not only outside. And, and yeah, that sort of ties into the question before about who, who, you know, I see myself wanting to be, or, you know, the opt part of me, optimum, um, human, but, yeah, I just yeah have a very different view from what society would, would tell you that is. Yeah, yeah, and well, that's not a bad thing, man, because I think we need that to change, you know, yeah. as a culture for sure. Um, so, again, I don't know if you know how to answer this question. Did you know your upbringing was different and how? I mean, it's making it sound like we brought you up yeah. in a, you know, somewhere weird. But, not um... really. <laughs> like, it was pretty subjective because it was all I knew. Mm. Uh Whereas as I grew up, I was exposed to more through football and, and seeing, yeah, other dads screaming at their kids and you know, doing those sorts of things and same through school. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know any different. So mm. perhaps I'll reflect in a decade or something mm. and then be able to say, oh, this or that, but mm. it's still re yeah, reasonably new and, yeah. and fresh. Um another question how often do you like to be contacted by your mum <laughs> oh, three times a day no I, I mean I still I still live with mum so see see her every day and and we talk throughout the day but uh yeah as, as much as possible yeah it's so beautiful having you because I know it's getting close where you're about to move on I mean you've gone for periods of time traveling yeah, and stuff yeah. like that over the last four or five years but you know, I know that soon you're going to move on. And so it's really beautiful having this time together, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, do you feel that? Yeah, just, absolutely. You know, it's really nice 
being together as adults and mm. yeah but I think maybe what that question is is like does it feel like we smother you or want to know where you're at like do you feel yeah, like you're no, free no. to be where you I, need to be I, like I said before not in the, the general sense but I, I do what I want mm. um and you know a lot of the time that can be a sporadic mm. I'm going to the Grampians tomorrow mm. for however long mm. or it could be yeah something as simple as just going and then letting them know later mm. um end of the day I am an adult you are (laughs) even from sort of the the later teen years I I felt like my own person and and was never really held back in that sense feeling like I needed to to constantly let them know where I am Mm. or what I'm doing I I chose to do that out of respect because I wanted them to Mm. not worry and and to be in the loop Mm, it's beautiful darling I love having you in my life in whatever capacity (laughs) you want likewise (laughs) okay um as a child who's used to, I guess, being raised from an aware parenting lens, what would your advice be to new parents? Is this the best, like listening to feelings, no punishments? Oh, it's, I mean, I don't know all that's out there, but it's the best that I've ex- been exposed to or seen in the world, uh, especially through now seeing it implemented in in a schooling sense. It's so clear and apparent the, the positive effects it has on the kids and the adults as well um the parents just coming in and being able to see what's going on and see the way we are with the kids um really clearly does impact their home life in a in a really positive way and yeah i think from the perspective of being a new or young parent just being able to to listen and and to feel and and not try and live your life through them let them live their own life um, even if it be at a, a young age, letting them facilitate their creativity or learning and, and just holding a, a space for them to to be able to do those things and mm. and find their own path. I think that was, I know I mentioned this earlier, but that was just something Dad and I just so wanted for you to feel free to be who you need to be mm. in the world, whatever Kai looks like, that that is you and yeah. that we don't hold you back from that and we don't put expectations on who that should be. And, yeah, I think that's... It's a gift, right? Mm. That's, yeah. Okay, we're almost there, buddy. Uh, how do you feel, again, like something like Aware Parenting has prepared you for the world we live in and it's rat race? Yeah, it's definitely a rat race. Um, it's prepared me in a sense that it's given me the perspective to not want to be part of the race <laughs> yeah. because it's all, you know, headless chooks mm-hmm. um, more or less. And... Yeah, like I was saying earlier with friendships, I've I've sort of grown away from the people who are stuck in that bubble and, and can't actually see what's going on for them or in the world. And yeah, I think it's it's prepared me in a sense that I feel like I see a lot more and, and can hear a lot more than equivalent people of my age. And it's not trying to boost myself in any way, but simply that people are too absorbed in, you know, their social media and and what they look like and and what they're doing in a in a social sense uh and that's that's all good and important as well to a certain extent but it's not everything and a lot of people get a fully absorbed in that and it is their everything and don't actually feel or, or talk about things mm, yeah it's good insight um i think i know the answer to this question do you feel comfortable talking about emotions as an adult yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I push for it, if anything. Um, have a little bit, of, oh, not a little bit, I'm reasonably intuitive and 
can sort of pick when something's off with a family member or a friend and and I sort of poke the bear in a sense that I'm not trying to to force things out but to try and let them know that it's safe to open up and and to let those things go it's beautiful uh this last question where do you turn for emotional support hmm definitely to to you guys uh and and em and, and friends but i haven't really felt like in my adult life that i've needed it as much at least the last few years um i feel like i've been doing a lot of self-growth and have learned as well through my childhood how to to process in real time rather than push things away into a black box or whatever they say um and rather actually feel in the moment and and let those things go and and for that reason like we were saying no real anger arises for me like i know when i'm frustrated or a little bit antsy and i you know perhaps need some food or coffee or something but in general terms i'm always sort of feeling and letting go in in the moment more or less Mm, that's amazing i I definitely see that within you um that's all my questions buddy (laughs) um i'm so grateful for you being here and doing this i know it's not easy being nervous you know no no not nervous just okay no prior experience yeah yeah yeah. apologies if i sound funny no you sound amazing (laughs) darling um it's it is really beautiful for me to sit here and listen to you because I know you and I think you're an amazing human you're one of my most favorite humans on this planet <laughs> and I'm so proud of you who Thank who you. you are in the world and I can't wait to see what you're going to do and the impact you have mm. on the world because I think not just because you're my son but I think the world needs more beautiful centered anchored men yeah like you and um uh, yeah and I Mm. I thank you for all that you do with the kids at our school and all the children you work with because I think the more that they are seen and held you know Mm. the the greater it is for everybody absolutely and like you were saying with the centered men I I haven't been exposed to much of it I, I know a handful of of men I could go to or call that that are in that image but overall like looking towards social media for a second that that dude andrew tate yeah completely backwards and opposite you know and and there's there's nothing real or true to to that and that's the aspect of society that sort of scares me is that i don't want it to move in that direction i want people to get off their phones and look inside rather Mm. than yeah, get sucked into that. <laughs> mm, I second that, darling. Yeah, it's easy though. Yeah. It, well, it is easy. It's mm. very alluring, isn't mm. it? Mm. Um, thank you, my love. Thank you for being thank here. You. I love you very much. I love you too. Mm. Uh, okay. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, yeah, I feel uh, my heart is kind of bursting at the moment, buddy, <laughs> sitting and doing this with you. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you again to everybody for all your beautiful shares of our podcast and your questions and reflections. Marion and I both love it deeply. We feel very honoured that so many people listen and share our podcast. So thank you for being here and um, and take care. Go gently. 
Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.